0: Hey guys, I'm Haley Fitt, and thank you so much for tuning into my podcast. Today's episode is about big business, entrepreneurship, moving out of your hometown, and just overall resilience. And to help me out, I brought on my girl, Rob She's a Bay Area native and the owner of Fashion Lash, Curl Candy, and Sugar Baby Creamery in Atlanta. I'm going to be taking a dive in her journey as an entrepreneur, but I'll allow her to introduce herself. So Rob
1: Hi guys my name is robriana ruiz i'm known as Robri. um born and raised in the bay area i now live in atlanta um i'm on my third business and now my first brick and mortar um so yeah nice nice nice
0: so what inspired you to be entrepreneur i think you touched a little bit on it obviously like your environment um but you were doing lashes in the bay right and that was a mm-hmm. form of entrepreneurship so what inspired that journey
1: um. So I was in nursing school for years, yeah, at Kaiser of Oakland, for like over like five years, I believe. I was really young working there. I got to see a glimpse of what it would be like in a nursing environment. Um, And I think I've just always had a passion for the beauty industry, regardless, it's always just been part of who I am. My mother was a former hairstylist, so I've always, my interest has always been there. But, you know, I think my parents are pretty old school. So I think sometimes our parents kind of give us like career options and we kind of just take it and not, we're not really passionate about it. Um, so when I started to work at Kaiser, I just kind of was in a very different place as far as my environment, you know, like clocking in and out, like I'm off for my nine to five. I was, I'm very appreciative of it. I loved it, but I wanted more out of life, Um, you know, being in the hospital every day. And I just couldn't envision myself being a nurse for that many years because of my attachment to, like, my patients and stuff that I used to, like, go through. Like, it was just a lot. So um, I actually, it's crazy because I actually had went through a bad breakup when I was in nursing school, and I couldn't focus. So I decided to, like, take a lash class on the side because I was really into lashes. I had got my lashes in all the time, so I was like, ooh, like, let me, like, learn because, like, I really want to learn what this is. Like, you know, I want to do it myself. So um, I took a lash class, and... I just fell in love with the whole concept of it. Like everything behind it, I was just kind of like hmm, like let me like learn and actually like put a lot of time into this and it actually became a positive distraction from the breakup that I was going through. Mm-hmm. Um and that distraction became a life-changing situation for me. So, I um the more I got into it and the more I would like post about it and like take it serious. I grew like a I grew a clientele and then eventually I quit my nine to five at Kaiser and I dropped out of nursing school and I went full time with lashing. And yeah, once I kind of seen the life changing experiences I went through as a lash artist, like the money I was making, being able being able to create my own schedule, you know, being able to just do what I wanted to do on my time and like not having to like listen to anyone or, you know, like answer to a boss. It was just kind of like, damn, yeah, like this is cool. Like, you know, yeah, so sure. I kind of got to a point where, so I've, I've always been extremely creative. Like, I feel like that's like one of my niches. Like I'm just, I'm so big on creativity and being different. I like to stand out. I don't like to blend in with anything. I like to just add my own flavor to mm-hmm. things. So, you know? um, When I kind of seen that I kind of got the hang of owning a business and being a business owner, you know, I really started thinking about all the things that I've always wanted to do. And I just started to open little businesses here and there. And like, it's crazy because if you really know me, I used to even sell necklaces before when I was a nurse as well. I used to make like chokers, <laughs> and I used to yeah. sell them for dollars. So, like, yeah. I've always just like done little things on the side to like, yeah. you know, make money. But like, I've just always been really creative. So, um, yeah. Sorry, once I, I did, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, once I did lashes, I was kind of like, man, like, what can we do with this? Like, you know, let's let's do something else. So, <laughs>
0: make it exactly
1: fun thing, like a yeah. punk of like all right what's
0: next yeah So a lot of people just go into entrepreneurship and they don't have like any type of backup like you were actually working your nine-to-five but also uh, building your business and didn't quit your nine-to-five until your business actually took off
1: facts I was
0: super smart
1: I was working at Kaiser for 10 months before I quit so yeah. I was 10 to my entrepreneur or my entrepreneur journey yeah. I guess you and then I was finally like, when I felt like I was steady and comfortable enough, then I dropped out. And I also was, I went to esthetician school. Okay. So it got to a point where I was like, you either going to take the risk and leave a job where you're comfortable, you have health benefits, like, or you're just going to go full throttle with this Yeah. Where are you gonna and juggle school clients and you're nine to five. So it's like, what are you going to do? And I just, girl, I just was like, putting my two weeks, my two week notice in. And I was just like, girl, I just from then took a leap of faith and yeah. it worked out we good so
0: but I think you've already been building that clientele you've already seen the results so it's almost like you can depend on your entrepreneurial journey rather than like your nine to five
1: for sure I think you need yeah. to be you need to be like more than comfortable because I think a lot of people and I'm not saying that like it's not never going to happen but you have to be realistic as yeah. an entrepreneur because yeah. I tell everyone this it is hard it is <laughs> not or will never show the hard side I know I don't and the reason I don't is because it's depressing and it's in when you get in that space you have to cope with it in private because you have a business to obtain and you know what? you don't ever want customers or anyone to like kind of you don't you just want to make it seem like you've got this under control because if you show any weakness as an entrepreneur it's a representation of your brand so Mm -hmm. you uh, always just take everything that comes with it but at the end of the day this is what I wanted I prayed for it so it's like you know you gotta you
0: gotta roll with the punches and learn as you go so how do you deal with, this is actually one of my questions. How do you deal with like the highs and lows of entrepreneurship? Because like, you know, I've been following you from maybe like three or four years now. You no know, for, I've seen you. for my client, girl. I know I was your client at first. I was like, oh my God, I love her. Like she's launching her. I think I was there when you launched like your first um, set of eyelashes, yeah. like millionaire, trillionaire and like some other ones, like bad bitches. I'm like, okay. yeah Yeah, but how do you um because I'm like I'm like always inspired by you I'm always asking you questions you know because I started my business during the pandemic I'm like how does she do it like and every time you launch a new business it's like like your creativity is like over the top and it's like your your response from people is always super good so like how do you manage the highs and lows of entrepreneurship
1: um so I'm really big on game planning
0: like I
1: like to bake. my cookies like I like to say it like that you know I always like to use that term I like to really take my time with what it is that I want to complete because I think a lot of people don't strategize and this is the issue with a lot of businesses and why they fail because I literally map out all the all the cons and all the pros of the business like what will happen if this happens or what will happen if this doesn't go right like I always have to have a game plan 100% so I always have to just have a map out of anything that can happen Mm -hmm. um with Curl Candy, my curly hair business, I started in the pandemic. Um, it's been an idea of mine for a long time. Actually, since I was a little girl, I've always wanted to like own my own like curly hair product line, you know. Mm-hmm. But I started to see the gap in like you know the whole hair industry with not a lot of curly hair options. Um, with that, I can I can literally tell you my thought process with that. So during the pandemic, we were in the house, and this is when I realized that. Well, this is when I realized the quality of the creativity compared to Fashion Lash and Curl Candy and the difference in, you know, just how they, both of the businesses look, even on the outside, just the visuals, the branding is because I took my time. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me eight months to launch Curl Candy and that takes time, you know? So I tested over 30 vendors for hair. Um, I worked on my visionary board, you know, I, like my branding, like I reached out to multiple different designers. I paid hundreds like oh my god like for over thousands of dollars just on the marketing because I'm such a perfectionist but I like what I like and I make sure that everything that I put out is an experience I think that is so important because I'm so big on like branding I want to experience I want to have an experience when I'm buying something for me I don't want it to just be like the regular the norm you know like I want it to be something that you can be like oh my god her packaging is so cute or even just the you know the thank you card like I think that that part is important. And I think you have to, like I said, bake your cookie. Like you have to put things together, take your time, really dig into your creative just like mine. Because people, everyone is creative. I just think people really don't take enough time to dig deep into their creativity. Like I think everybody is creative. And um, I think for me, it's just, I go really deep into my creativity like I am so big on researching so like with candy like I'm like I'm going to candy stores getting ideas and concepts like I'm looking at movies that have to do with candy like that's how deep I was into my bag when it came to curl candy like my business cards or not my business cards my thank you cards or golden tickets from like Willy Wonka yeah. and it says and I designed them just to look just like that you know like um my bags my shipping bags look like candy bags so it's like I take my time with that and yeah. I think that th- important you have to just take your time people rush this journey and that's why as an entrepreneur it's like the final product is never going to be what it is because you have to take your time absolutely Um, and when you give people an experience people talk and that's how word gets around and i'm so big on posting even if you you don't get a lot of views people don't take advantage of social media social media is powerful you know what i mean and um your visuals your videos everything is important so for me um that is just how I like to create my yeah. businesses. I take my time, even with this ice creamery. Like like I said, I've visited probably over 20 ice cream shops out here. Like just trying to see like what's, how is it going to be? You know what I mean? Like what am I going to face? Like I'm talking about staffing, you know, I'm learning just everything. Um, But for me, you know, I go through the motions and I'm never scared to say that I've gone broke multiple times, spending yeah. my last branding in my businesses and not getting the results I've wanted in return. In a timely manner. I just don't talk about it. Yeah, I'm broke m- multiple times and I'm never afraid to admit that I've yeah. taken a- in losses with my businesses, you know, like I've dealt with a lot of things and I just feel like I'm very big on talking about that because it's realistic. You know what I mean? Like you're not always going to have a crazy business with, you know, numerous sales. Sometimes you might get a good sale. Sometimes you might get no sales. Like that's just the reality of being an entrepreneur. But keep going. Keep applying your creativity keep doing what it is you need to do and eventually the outcome that you want will come Absolutely. you know what I mean that's yeah. like just you know, it's, people it's time. yeah and I think people just aren't patient yeah. you know you you know you think that rushing it just because you see everyone else do it sometimes it's just not for you but yep. it's what's for you for you and it will come to you at the right time you just got to make sure when it comes to you you edge you, you execute it correctly because if you don't you'll miss your shot you know what I mean and that's yeah. why I think people like I'm so big on releasing ideas when I'm ready. And even if I feel like, no, I'm, I don't care. Even if I announce that it's coming and I don't announce it at that time or I don't drop it at that time, I don't really feel bad because I know I'm going to do it. It's just not the
0: right time, you know? You remind so, me of like three three different artists I watch. Beyonce, for one, she does that same process like <laughs> Either eight yes, months I'm to a right. year. No, I swear <laughs> to God, she takes either eight months to a year to even release a project. And it's always the grandest, best thing you've ever seen. And I feel like that's similar to when you launch your business it's like, where the fuck did this shit come from? And everybody's like thrown off guard and everybody's tapping in and they're tuning in. And also, who else is I listening to? Maybe like Kendrick or J. Cole or something, but like they were saying that same thing that you're saying. Like, don't rush the process, like release the shit when you're ready. And like, even for me, like when I launched my athletic wear brand during the pandemic, like, and I'm not going to lie, like I use all my unemployment money. I probably invested like $7,000. You know what I mean? Like from flights to the Bay to go see Darren. And like you said, marketing and online, like I was working on that shift for months, you know, like I probably started in like July and didn't release until like November, you know, and I felt like it was like the best thing I could have ever done. And then, like you know, once you know things started opening back up, and I went back to work, it was like I kept trying to recreate that same thing. But I'm like, it just don't feel right. Like I feel like I'm forcing it, you know? Like no, no. I think
1: do, Haley. You have to also learn, and I've I learned this the hard way. Yeah, if you have to get the help. You have to take classes. You have to hire a team. My whole entire design team is all people that I pay and hired. Like. Mm-hmm. My website all that stuff like you can hire people to create your visionaries that you don't have time for you know mm-hmm. what i mean your vision is like fire like your whole branding with the haley fit is fire Thank you. I, def- I just think that sometimes this is the hard part is like our our life gets in the way and sometimes when we go through like personal things you just want to just rest and i think it's okay to have resting periods mm-hmm. and regroup you know reboost and then come back to yep. your creativity because i feel like once you have a brain fart or your creativity level is just not there then it's okay to rest and i think much pressure on ourselves because we drop one thing and we want to keep dropping but it's like that's not how you win like you i get it but it's just like if you're just like someone that doesn't have like a life then i understand that but it takes time you know what i mean like i i think my i i dropped um a collection for curl candy, like, a year after I opened, like, you know, and that, and I, what happened was, I wasn't even supposed to be a model for my Rapunzel collection, selling the long hair another girl was, and she flaked on me, Mm -hmm. so I had to, like, do that, and I had to get hair installed, and I was pissed, but it's just, like, dang, I gotta do my best, and, like, you know, it just, it happened,
0: so. For sure, for sure. I think we talked about it a little bit, but um, can you touch a little bit on your move to Atlanta, and what inspired that? Mm -hmm. So,
1: I finally, I guess when I started to, like, be kind of I felt like my success level in lashes was like elevating I was kind of just like I want to be in a more saturated environment that caters to more of my industry you know and I felt like the demand for lashes was way higher in Atlanta mm-hmm. because just kind of like in their lashes done, you know what I mean and I just was like I just was ready for something more like I just felt like I don't know what it was about Atlanta I had came here a couple of times and I was sold like I love the environment the culture yeah. everybody on their shit so I was like let me just Ooh, like let me come out here. You know what I mean? black
0: like excellence.
1: <laughs> yeah, and like that's it's true. Like a lot of people are doing very well. You know what I mean? Very well out here. Like, and if you're smart, you don't get sucked into the nightlife. You actually contribute to it. Not even just contribute to the nightlife, but it's just like if you're smart, you're gonna get in where you fit in. A mm-hmm. lot of people come out here and they lose themselves because they're too busy trying to look the look and play the part. It's like no, it's like if you're smart contribute to Atlanta and you'll never lose that's what I always like that's what I always tell people like that's why you don't see me go outside I don't be partying like that when I first moved of course you know you're not working outside but absolutely it gets old quick when you live here you know what I mean like it's a party city but you can't be outside every day you don't yeah. want to be one of the people that people know you're going to be there because <laughs> they're always there it's like no
0: For sure that's what's about LA yeah, like, yeah Over- visiting is <laughs> different but like when you <laughs> live here, it's like okay this is day-to-day I'm hustling bustling like I'm not On, you know what I mean like I'm not hanging out at all the hot spots all the time you know
1: yeah it's just like you get get old and I feel like you know I'm getting older like I'm just kind of like I'd be over that I was in the clubs really young girl so I'm kind of like I'm over that whole scene like but I I wanted more and I came out here and I just was like and it's cheaper so I was like you know I could really live how I want to live you know Mm -hmm. you know I can make type of money I can meet different type of people and like I just started meeting so many friends Before my move, like when I would come out here, I would meet so many different girls and men. And I'm just like, wow, like they're so cool. Like they're so nice. And it's just like, next thing I know, I'm like, you know what? I literally broke my lease for my, I just got a new apartment. I was only there for six months. It's like, Mm -hmm. like I literally broke my lease, put all my stuff in storage. I moved in with my grandma for the the next five months, Mm -hmm. six months. I saved all my money. I was like grinding like crazy, doing a lot of lash clashes. I was like, I'm going to move. So again, I took my time. I didn't just get up and leave. I saved enough money to be okay. And then I was just like, "So oh, that's what I, I like." Moved, lived in, lived with my grandma in, in and yeah. my little room. And you know, compared to being have my own space, I was like, just six months, yo, you could do it. And I just moved, and it was the best move I ever did. And like living with my grandma was a great experience too, because I learned money management, and I actually probably didn't have that before, but I actually learned money management, so I needed that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's it's crazy, like situations like that, like you know, from the outside looking in, one would think, Oh, will she move back in with her mom or blah, blah, blah. But in reality, like you're preparing for something bigger. Yeah.
1: You're you're just taking a risk as far as your comfortability to like, you know, do something bigger, a bigger okay. bigger like for me to I have no family in Atlanta. I don't hang around too many people. I'm really to myself. So it's just oh, like I Like
0: um... how is it like not having family or not having friends? Uh-huh. So, like, I'm in that similar situation living in LA. Like I know a handful of people.
1: You know what's crazy? It's like, it was scary for me. So I, I have, I'm, I'm always really open about it. I used to suffer from anxiety disorder really bad. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of like anxiety attacks, like just in general, like just life stressors. And I used to always have anxiety. So I was always scared that I would have an anxiety attack and be out here without family. Because when I would have panic attacks, like back in the Bay Area, I would call my dad or like go to the hospital, like, you know, but girl, I have not had an anxiety attack since I moved, which is wow. crazy. Yeah. And I think I think it became a mental thing where it's like all right you're out here alone like you gotta you gotta adjust and you gotta adjust well and you're you're now a real adult like you have to be an adult and i think moving away from home with like without family and friends teaches you a lot about adulthood like you really learn about yourself yep. and i i seen something that said you really don't learn who you are until you learn to adjust in a, in a place you're not from yep. and i'm like damn and I, I i can honestly say like i personally feel like I adjust pretty damn well like I don't know like I, I yeah. just feel like I did what I had to do I came here and I did what I needed to do and I'm just happy that I didn't not distracted. you
0: know because yeah. I feel like on top of like moving to a big city where you're adjusting and trying to find your way you've started businesses which requires so much like mental strength you know what I mean yeah. so that yep. says a lot that says a lot mm-hmm. yeah. I just I
1: during the pandemic like i had a lot of time to myself and when i was inside the house and it's crazy because i moved out here in february of what when was the pandemic like 2020 yeah i moved here february the pandemic started in march and i couldn't even work in the new salon i was working in i was like are you kidding me so all that money i had (laughs) saved up girl i invested that money into curl candy and i was just in the house every day brainstorming that's when i really just like i said I, i really like baked my cookie like i was just like in the house yes I mean, I was hella bored. I had no friends out here like that, so I was like, "I'm just in the house chilling. I can't go nowhere. Everything locked up." So it's like
0: See?
1: that. Was probably the pandemic was the best thing that could have ever happened to me.
0: That's what I said. That's the same shit yeah. I said. I'd never like the time so, and the people open had, so many people open businesses because I feel like the uncertainty, like people were getting laid off. You know, mm-hmm. like like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, so so many that you know kind of inspired people to start those businesses.
1: Yeah, and I think people like I say, I think what it was too, like I said before people got in their creativity like people realize i'm actually pretty damn creative because your life is at a pause for once and and i think a lot of people would would actually be further in business and life if we actually just had our regular day life stressors taken care of for us like we were getting girl we was getting loans we was getting a bunch of stuff so it's like we like we were able to put things together that we've always wanted to do because we had the means to do it does that make sense yeah so i feel like that kind of right there like damn like sky's way the limit is just like it just kind of sucks the life that we live is just like so many people's life and dreams are put on hold because you know we become we just have different life situations that kind of prevent us from doing a lot at a certain time you know sure for sure
0: yeah I love that um so let's talk a little bit about Sugar Baby Creamery the storefront your brick and mortar mm-hmm. um so do you have a release date for that do I say that again do you have like a or how does it work? Is it a release date or
1: oh or like an opening date?
0: Yeah,
1: like um, 1st, my contractors are moving so fast. Um, but I don't I don't have a permanent one yet. Um but it's actually so like I said, the story but story behind that is funny. Like it's so random. And I actually never ever thought I would do this. Like it was just an idea one day. Like I'm not even kidding. So I was um I was on YouTube. You're gonna laugh. I was on YouTube looking up how to make funnel cakes <laughs> at home. Because I was so and I was hungry, and I was like, I don't know how to cook, girl, like that. Like I, I'm very open about that too. I'm not a cooker, like I'm not <laughs> a chef, none of those. <laughs> so, it's just like try to make funnel cakes, like without, like you know, you know, what I'm saying, without having to go buy one, right? So I was on YouTube learning how to make funnel cakes, and I just kept seeing road ice cream videos pop up, and I've been to like road ice cream spots before, but I wasn't really like. It, when i first went to one i was like oh my god this is so cool like i remember filming it and everything and then it, i don't know why it just wouldn't leave my mind after i got off youtube like i was just when i was making my funnel cake i'm like yo we don't even have places that sell funnel cakes for real yeah so i'm crazy so i'm like it's like a light bulb went off in my head then i'm like road ice cream I'm like, "Yeah, it's not a lot of places that sell road ice cream either and then i'm like thinking like my aesthetic is already candy right mm-hmm. so i'm no, oh, like, it's just like, I just couldn't get it off my mind. I, like, for like two weeks, bro, I would think about it like almost every day. And then I started just researching. i was just curious. And I'm just like, how much do they make? Like, you know, mm-hmm. so I would have been learning how to make it. And it became like, you know, those things oddly satisfying, like watching them make it. It was yeah. like, oddly I would be intrigued. Like, what are you mm-hmm. finna make next? Like, there's a, there's a whole YouTube channel that has, puts like the weirdest stuff in ice cream. Like, he yeah. puts like, watermelons. It's so weird. So I just would watch it. And I was just like... Yo, like so one day my brother called me, you know, who's my business partner, and he's like, "What are you doing?" You know, we talk every day, and I'm like, "I'm on YouTube watching old ice cream," and he's just like, "You're so weird." And I was just like, "I'm so bored, like it's just interesting." And I was like, "I was like, am I crazy that I want to open something like this?" Mm -hmm. He's like, "What? Like, what do you mean?" And I was like, "Yo," and I was basically telling the whole story, like funnel cakes, and he was like, "If you're serious, like that would actually be dope." Yeah. So I'm, "Hmm," you know, it's just like it's just something that just wouldn't leave my mind. And then like a month later, I'm like. I started getting busy, girl. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Like, this is so different. And I'm like watching him in the process, opening his crab spot that is now the number one crab spot in Atlanta. Like, I watched all that unfold. So I'm like, I'm in the wrong field. Like, I can do this too. So then I started thinking of names and doing, like I said, baking my cookie, taking my time. And the more and more it came to me, girl, the more creative I got, the more things I added to the, the list. I started taking trips, going to ice cream spots inspired by them, talking to the owners, like just really networking and learning the industry of ice cream, and I put myself through ice cream school. Girl, I'm paid for ice cream courses, like learning yeah. about ice. Yeah. So nice. I was just, hmm. and the next thing I know is just like when I'm talking to him about it, you know, he's like a mentor to me. He's one of my best friends, so we were just talking, and I was like, I'm gonna do this, and he was like, Yo. So I gave him my game plan. Mm-hmm. I please join this with you, and I was like, What? He was like, I'm serious, Robbery. Like this is gonna blow up. Like I think this is gonna. I'm like, wait, I'm like, oh, man, stop playing. Like, you know, I've never had anybody partner with me in anything or invest in me. And, you know, I, I'm going to be so straightforward. I'm so independent. Mm-hmm. And it's not a good thing because I don't like help. And I'm scared to ask for help. But for the first time, I was like, OK, let me like see. Like, hmm. So at first, you know, when we talked about it. It was like, no, this is mine. But then it was yeah. like, I'm kind of just like, you know what? You're gonna, need, you're gonna need help sometimes you need help Absolutely. people are very successful and like already have the experience So um, yeah like that's pretty much how it started and then it took us a year to find a location and I'm just gonna talk about this because it is the most realist transparent experience ever like mm-hmm. it was the most depressing journey
0: in the world <laughs> starting your your candy your um, ice cream shop
1: mm-hmm. Just the whole process of opening it, and let me tell you why. Um, so I hired a broker around mm-hmm. April, and it's friend it's crazy because I've been through so much with my broker. He's like one of my like best friends now. It's so mm-hmm. funny. But basically, like, girl, it's like I had this amazing concept, and I, even to this day, I'm like, I feel bad for everybody to tell me no. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy, but. Um, imagine getting all these locations and getting excited for them and getting hearing no repeatedly. Like, no, sorry, no, it's not going to work. No, we don't want that concept. No, 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 no. I just kept getting so many no's. Mm-hmm. I feel like, dang, maybe I should just stick to what I know, which is like, you know, the beauty industry. And then it's just like, I got in a really bad car accident on my way to go at a location. And I was really like, this is God telling me to just kick back. This ain't for me, you know? Yeah, I thought great concept though. And I was just kind of like, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I'm not really someone that gives up but I was just kind of like all the signs were there that this is not meant for me. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, my business partner was like, you need to take your emotion out of it. Like this is the, the part about women. You've got to be stiff when it comes to this type of stuff. You have to have a strong shell. And again, this is where I want to stay like being an entrepreneur in different lanes of business, you're mm-hmm. learning in a totally different industry. So it's not as easy as getting clients and customers buying stuff online. Like this is like a building, you know what I mean? With customers and employees. So he's just like, it's not gonna be easy. Like if it was gonna be easy for you to get a location, you, everyone would have one. And I'm like, that's so true. So I would cry all the time. Like I'm talking about like I would cry. I would be like on my knees begging God, like, please, like, I really wanna do this. Like, why aren't you letting me do this? You know? So out of nowhere, um, and it's crazy because this was one of the first locations that I saw. And I just was like, No. And the reason I think I was like, No, is because I didn't think I could get it. Mm-hmm. Because or a buckhead. And it was just like, I knew the rent was going to be crazy, but actually wasn't crazy. I just never cared to look into it. So I wanted to be in like bougier areas that were more like relaxed and not so busy because it's in the middle of the intersection. It's right off the freeway. So you pass my shop to get everywhere. Right. So I just didn't think that I was qualified for it. I'm not going to lie. So I just kind of passed it up. I never, ever looked into it. So um, we had a location that we were going to get, but the landlord was just kind of like, we don't want that concept. We want coffee. Mm. So she, this was months back. Yeah, she re- remember. So my broker was like, "Do you have anything? Anything in your portfolio that is available?" Like my client has been trying for a year. Like I feel kind of bad because she is such a dope concept, and no one's just willing to give her a chance. Like how does Atlanta not want this? Like Atlanta don't have this. Mm-hmm.
0: So
1: she was I like, "I want to oh.
0: say something on that too." Okay, good. Because you're, what you're doing is essentially finding a hole in that industry and filling it. Yeah. Like, Obviously, they don't have funnel cakes. They don't have ice cream shops. Let me do that. Yeah. That's why you've been so successful because you find the holes that people are the things people aren't looking for. And you like essentially you're solving a problem.
1: Yeah. And I think it's crazy because it's like and being in Atlanta, it's like you would think people would be open minded to that. Like, it's like no one ever just thought to open ice cream. Like, there's ice cream shops, but not in the city. It's really hard to get in the city. Like, mm-hmm. outside of us, there's a lot of them. Black owned and everything. They're in their dope. But I just think in the city, it's hard. There's not one in the city. When mm-hmm. people in Atlanta, all they know is Buckhead. So it's just yeah. like, you know what I mean? When you're yeah. not from there, that's where the mall is. That's where everything really is. So,
0: and that's a from- neighborhood, right? In Atlanta?
1: Yeah, it's a neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. It's a neighborhood. Okay. yeah it's- you could say yeah it's an area so um yeah so then I was scheduled a meeting with um the lady and I talked to her she's also from California yeah. they're amazing so let me it's crazy because all the no's were people that owned like individual people that owned like buildings and they were just like no 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 That's but cool. this this was owned by a company mm. so these are like people that you would think would be like now but Girl, like they have over five hundred locations all over the U.S., which is it's, it's a blessing because I'll never have a problem getting in anywhere, any city of my landlord. I'm like, you got one over there in Phoenix, right. or you got one there? so it's like exactly. it worked out. I talked to her. I gave her a backstory of who I am and what I'm trying to do, and she was sold. She was like, "Yep." She was, and she didn't. She said this this location has been sitting for a year and a half, and we haven't given it to anyone. We just not. We don't like the concepts. It's been coming forward, but this, yeah, like she was like, they kept emailing me like, "Hey." like you know because it was just kind of like what are we gonna do and it was just like there's no way this is gonna be my location and then yep so all that was worth it and i think the best part about it is so i got my llc on my mom's um birthday i mean my mom passed when i was one so i got my llc on her birthday so april 16 2021 i got my llc for sugar baby Mm -hmm. and i got my lease offer on her death date which i thought was the weirdest thing it's like
0: she watching out know, for you
1: yeah so to me it was like the sure. the ending obviously tragic but the start of something amazing and life-changing for me so yeah. I took that I like this, this location was meant for me like I needed to wait so I think the whole year waiting through that was important because like I told you me trying to dive and I knew nothing about throughout that year that I waited I was baking my cookie learning the, the game and learning about food and everything Absolutely. before it was Like, I just, you know, I had a business partner that already did it. So it was just easy to me. It was too easy. Mm -hmm. And I think that I didn't have it come to me that fast because I needed time to learn the business. And I did. And if I, if I would have got a location like that, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even know what I was doing.
0: Yeah. Um, That's like a part of like how kind of like God works with us. Like we want something right now. We're praying for it right now. We're expecting it right now, but we're not prepared for it yeah it was like okay let me take you through this process like you said that year of you waiting you you know you had to bake your cookie you had to get things together and then you got what you asked for right
1: for sure I think you have to be ready to receive something because I definitely wasn't ready I was going through a lot in my life at that time as well like last year was probably one of the most crucial years to my mental state you know yeah. I went through a lot of a lot of just personal battles that I knew this would be an overwhelming thing for me to have handle right now mm-hmm. um so you know, like, I went to therapy and stuff. I'm in therapy now. I love my therapist. Everybody should go to therapy, by the way. But um, <laughs> I'm ready to receive this now because I'm in such a good place. Yeah. I've never been so at peace and so happy to receive this. And now I'm ready. And I think I'm just happy that it ended the way it did because it was like, God, don't play about me, girl. It's just like, I don't know. I just felt like it was just this is the time and this is the the location that you should have been had but I wanted I wanted to let you experience all the no's so you understand take your time so Mm -hmm. and it's crazy because everybody that's told me no I still see it's a release sign in the window so you know
0: she (laughs) said right that's your shoulder
1: uh, lying like we already have a candidate girl they had no candidates they just didn't want me there and it's okay Mm -hmm. I was over for that location of it (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So I seen you posted on Instagram yesterday. Um, I guess you're having some of the artwork done for your for the inside mm-hmm. of your space, and it was like a Birken bag, and you was like, "Oh, the girls' selfies are gonna be fire." You, at that moment, because I was in my car driving, and you know, I was obviously thinking about our podcast episode. I was like, "She's like a creative genius." Like I was gonna post that, but I'm like, "I'm gonna wait till tomorrow to tell her." But I literally uh-huh. think you're like a creative genius. Like from all the businesses businesses you've launched. And on top of this, like, can you talk a little bit about, you know, where some of your creativity comes from, or like where that started, or how you even, how somebody can even tap into their creativity?
1: I'm just a very visual person. Like, Mm -hmm. I love things that stand out that are different to me. And I think that that, like, I like things that are very appealing to the eye. And to me, I don't know, I just love colorful things. Like, I love just I love aesthetics of brands that are totally different. Does that make sense? I, I don't like the norm. So for me, um, I think I've always been like that since I was a kid. Like I've always had like, I don't know, just even just my backpacks. have always been extra as a kid. Like, I don't know. I've always just liked things that are just loud. Like, you know, so for me, um their creativity with this kind of came about I just like I said it was like a researching process it was just everything that has to do with sugar and everything that has to do with the name sugar baby so I started to tap into like what do sugar babies like mind you I've never ever had a sugar daddy before I but <laughs>
0: but I think I'd ask you something like I want yeah, but I was like really why would you ask me that no because right. I
1: thought you were saying like girl so what should you do I'm like no I swear to God I've never had one girl I was like no I think the way you asked me I was low key offended I'm like no she did not just ask me this but I, I didn't know what you meant at first until I caught on I'm like wait no she's hella funny like but no I've actually never had one girl I always okay. one. They want one one sugar I can't I can't do that
0: that part <laughs> that part
1: <laughs> but um, I just started to think about like, okay, well, what do sugar babies like? Like just mm-hmm. the world we see on social media. I'm like, okay, Birkins is like, girls love the Birkins, you know. Mm-hmm. So I just started to like really get inspired. Then I'm like ice cream. The ice cream museum i've gone so many times so i just started researching and what i remember and i'm like ooh, i could add this to it and this to it like i wanted it to look like a museum when i went to the ice cream museum it was like the funnest experience i took my niece mm-hmm. and it was the funnest experience for me so i was like i want my sh-. and I, I hate that they're not a thing like it's like a pop-up and it's only like once or twice a year mm-hmm. so it's and i didn't want to leave when i was there like i just thought it was so dope like i wish mm-hmm. they were going so I'm like, I want to give people an experience like that, a small version, you know, in a shop where they can actually come in there and take pictures and enjoy it like it's an ice cream museum, you know? So that's, that's pretty much cool. my vision board started. I started Googling stuff. So then the designer for the Birkin, her name was Becky Rosa. And um I went to Miami and I was in the art district and I seen it and I was like, Oh my god, who the hell did this? Yeah. So I went on Instagram and I started researching all her stuff. Um but I found out that a lot of people make her mocks of her actual stuff, mm-hmm. so I found vendors that pretty much made the same things as she does, and yeah, so pretty much that's just how I started with the whole Birkin ice cream thing. I thought it was super dope. Um, okay. you know, she's she's super artistic. Like, oh my god, I love her work. Like, all her work is like ice creamish, like, it's so cute, like, it's just bomb, you know what I mean, and it's just not Birkin's that she does, she's done, like, Chanel bags on there, but I just think Birkin is so different, so I was, like, let me do something like that, so it's, like, it's giving Sugar Baby a Sugar Baby aesthetic to where girls are gonna be, like, oh my god, it's my Birkin, you know, so
0: I, I just, I think the, it's
1: creative. Thank you, yeah, yeah I just funny. I didn't even want it, I didn't, when I thought of the name, I didn't think of Sugar Baby, but then mm-hmm. when I thought of it, I thought of Ice Ice Baby and then I was, like, uh, I was, like, I like Sugar Baby, like, ooh, yeah. I like Sugar I like I know. it. It's a little respect. Yeah. yeah. So then I was like, I'm going to emphasize the name a little bit because I was like, what can I do with Sugar Baby? Now, this is the name I was going to pick. Like, I just started just, you know, going crazy. And then, yeah, that's how everything came about. I just did my research and I started to just, you know, go to do look up different aesthetics and get ideas like that. Yeah. And so that's how I came up with the whole concept and the whole theme for everything. And you're going to, I can't even tell you. Girl, down to the reward cards, like it's just it's nuts. Like everything about inside of it is gonna be crazy. So I'm gonna wait till you see it. I'm with you, come I
0: need to get to Atlanta. I need to come out there. Come. And listen. I've been thinking, like, because you know, I'm in like the modeling industry, you know, trying to get into acting and hosting all that shit. I'm just like, I could do this in Atlanta. Like, I'm the type of person, like, I'm open to moving to new spaces. And I'm like, Atlanta. Ooh. I feel like everybody who goes out there is super successful. I have an aunt who lives out there. They have Tyler Perry Studios. I feel like. I wouldn't say it's, nothing's easy, right? But like, I feel like if you have something going on, doors will open, you know what I mean?
1: Sure, and I feel like you're someone that definitely strives to like your success. Like you you, you go for what it is that you want, so you have no problem here. And one thing about Black people and just like the culture out here, everybody supports each other, which I love. Everybody is so for each other. Like, like I'm telling you, I have never met so many people that supported me until I moved to Atlanta. And mm-hmm. like, I feel like of course, I, mean, I always support everybody back home, but it's just different. When here, when I came here, the support grew like it's just like crazy and it's just like I'm not one of those people I don't make unmeaningful connections I don't care that you're followers I don't care like if you genuinely support me you love me for me like man like that's the best feeling Mm -hmm. people that don't support you just because it's cool to support you like they actually genuinely love what it is that you do like I have messages all the time and I'm not gonna lie like I'd be going through it, you know what I mean? Just in my personal life. And, like, to receive those messages, like, I will be crying, like, wow. Like, so many people look up to me and are just proud of me. And it's just, like, you don't even know me. Like, you know? And, like, to see those messages, it's, like, people don't even realize, like, I'd be needing to hear that. i mean be needing to be reminded and see that because it's uplifting. And it makes you feel like I am doing something meaningful. And I am – I do have a bigger purpose here. And, you know, I need to keep going when I feel like it's not enough for me, you know? So – Absolutely. I did become because – people that don't know you get inspired by you every day and you don't even realize it. So, yeah. and girl, I'm going to be honest with you. Um the girls, you know, living in their body done, we we need a we need a girl, a girl trainer out here that can make women comfortable because all the trainers are men and like a lot of women have their body done and they're not comfortable. Like, you know, like we need around, a man. Yeah, we need more women that are just into fitness and all that. Like, I feel like that's, that is something that we're lacking. We have, like, two out here that are Mm -hmm. women in the pool, and I love them both. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it would be nice if we have more women that were in the fitness industry here. Because we don't, we're women. We don't know how to work out. We don't know how to tone our bodies. And I think out here so many women dance and do so many things. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, like, get in fitness,
0: girl. (laughs) And I've been also thinking about, I mean, I know episode isn't about me but just because I'm talking to you um I've been thinking about getting my own gym space like I'm over like working out for you know working for other people or like training out of other gyms like I want my own gym space studio where I have like a handful of clients that I work with like I don't want to train everybody like I want because I love training you know what I mean like I don't want it to consume my life but I love doing it I love giving back it's who I am you know I and have an idea for you but we'll talk about that off
1: the camera because I think it's something that I think you would kill like it just comes to the top of my mind it's just like why hasn't anyone done this I think I'm gonna talk to you about it after we get off the camera but okay. I think and I think it's something that you will literally explode in because there's a there's a workout trainer out here, um, and I've worked out with him a couple times. He reaches out to all the influencers, and he's getting a lot of help because of that. But he's a guy, yeah. so it's, a lot of women are kind of nervous. They'd rather work with women. because mm-hmm. who, who wants to? Like women love being around women because yeah. you're you know your body. You know how your body can get toned. Like you know, mm-hmm. have a woman's body. So I think if we had that in our space out here, oh my God, it would go crazy. And yeah. I think. That you have your own gym, you definitely should do that for sure.
0: Yeah. I don't know a lot of people like in the like the business space, you know, per se, and I don't really know anybody who has like their own shop or So I'm like, how do I even go about that? Like, do I get business loans? Do I, you know? So it's just so many things I don't know.
1: Yep, you're you're gonna have to take those risks. I had to. like, Oh, yeah. so, girl. Oh, well, girl. But you know, if you I want something, be worth it. Yeah. If if you want something, I'm telling you, bro. Like. A risk, taking a risk is a down payment on success. So I was like, I heard that quote once and I live and die by that. A uh-huh. risk is a down payment on success. If you want to be successful, take out this loan. If you want to do this, take out this loan. Go to this, go to this, take this class. Even if it's expensive, like you're taking risk in anything you do, but- if you don't take risk, like, do you think that you would even be far? Like, that's the problem with the world. People are too scared. People have so many ideas and they're just too scared. Like, mm-hmm. I have so many friends that have told me, like, I am just, I'm scared. It's like, girl, that's your problem. Be scared if you want to. Exactly. But I'd rather, I'd rather try it and fail than not try at all and just exactly. wonder. Like, that's just, I just, I can't, I don't know. I just, I, I like taking the gambling. At, I like to gamble at things and I feel like I ain't I lost sense to me. So it's kind right. of just like going until, until I feel like I'm tired of it, you know, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Definitely, definitely do that. We would love you in Atlanta for sure.
0: Let's, let's talk about that. Do you have maybe like any other tips um, for like female entrepreneurs or anything you'd like to add? Um, one thing I wish somebody would have
1: told me, I guess being an entrepreneur that I feel like I have to tell all upcoming entrepreneurs is you will go Broke. It's part of it. Mm-hmm. It's part of it. And that is the most realist statement that I can ever say to anyone. Yeah. There will be a period. It may not be your first couple months. It may not be, but you will go broke. And it's okay. It is okay to be at your last when it comes to your business because, again, it's taking a risk and it's putting your all into your brand. You know what I mean? And I think you have to have a strong level of faith walking mm-hmm. into entrepreneurship because if you're not someone that has faith, you will always fall you know what i mean so i think it's important to know what comes with it know that months will be slow months will be crazy like you'll make so much money and then maybe the next month you might make nothing but i um it's always it's also very important to reinvest your revenue into your business do not go buying crazy stuff because i've done that too you know what i mean and then regret it after that why i even do that was stupid you know so i think as an entrepreneur you have to be very strict and disciplined with your business and have a realistic um expectation but don't be scared yeah you know what i mean like just stand on faith and just you know create a game plan i think that's the most important thing create a game plan you have to also always write out the cons Mm -hmm. if this happens and prepare for that how are you going to come back from this if this happens like all that you have to map out yeah and okay i think you know like business isn't for everybody right and it's okay if business isn't for you, you don't, I think social media makes everyone feel like they have to be a business owner. No, like if you're just someone that enjoys your comfortability, that's okay too. I loved my nine to five and I'm grateful for it. Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody that has a nine to five because being an entrepreneur, girl, you got to have a backbone. So that's just my advice for anyone doing, you know, wanting to be an entrepreneur, business owner. And yeah.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I have a question for you. Have you ever thought about, I guess, legacy or like, you know, what you would want to leave behind for your family. I guess for me personally, you know, as much as I love, you know, having job security, as much as I love, you know, the certainty of a nine to five, I think about the next generation, right? Like what I can leave behind for my family or even my kids. And I feel like when you're an entrepreneur, there's obviously the moments where, you know, you'll go broke. But on the other hand, there's like this possibility of like limitless income, right? Like you said, it is a risk. It is a gamble, but I believe the reward can be great.
1: For me, honestly, like, I don't think anybody in my family, both sides, have ever gone this far in life, which is actually crazy. My dad is from Mexico. So my dad was born and raised in Mexico. My dad came here when I was five. Hmm. Legally. <laughs> um, but, you know, my dad was only taught the norm, which yeah. is not and to do that forever. Um, so for me, I can honestly say I've been through so much young. My dad has experienced so much young, even like raising me alone, hmm. I, I'm breaking the, genera- the generational curse in my family, yes. like, that I hold, like, I don't know what it is, but, like, just me being a very spiritual person, you know, I'm big on church, and big on God, like, I feel like it's ended with me, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's why the weight is heavier on me, because I feel like I'm chosen to stop the generational curse, and I do feel like my kids are going to be set, like, you know, this this is my first location, but, girl, like, my five-year plan is insane, and I know I'm going to do it, and it's not just for me, it's for my dad, it's for my grandmother, yes. it's for my that is for my children and they're going to pass it down to their kids and their kids. Like, I want this to be such a big name. I'm like girl target. Like that's how big I want. I want to be like Cold Stone and Baskin Robbins. That is my goal. And I want to be a, a black woman. I'm, you know, Latina. I'm also, you know, I'm African-American woman and I want to represent for both. And I think that's important, you know, having a parent that was a immigrant here, like, you know, they don't have those, these type of dreams. They don't have these type of like goals, you know what I mean? Like they just want to just, Live a nine to five life, and that's that. There's nothing wrong with that, but I just feel like for me, the way to get to that is you have to lay down different. You know, you have to you have to lay down the structure for that in order to be a generational wealth. So, I feel like that's where I'm at. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Like, and I'm the only one out of my family didn't finish college. Like a lot of my cousins have degrees, and yeah. I'm all for that. But I just feel like I just wanted I wanted a different path in life and
0: more. It's good for me when you yeah. So, I think when you like your mindsets, like you because i feel like our parents they have like okay we need job security like we don't yeah. give a fuck about job security like we're gonna figure it out maybe we have a job yeah. maybe we don't like it i can't even recall how many jobs i've started and quit like so many because i don't about really <laughs> job security you know what i'm saying like so many jobs and i'm like my dad's like oh that's not gonna be good for your resume like i don't give a fuck about a resume you know what i mean like when
1: i like it's just crazy though like this is why my dad because when I first quit Kaiser, my dad was so excited I worked at Kaiser because you know my dad's worked at the post office all my life uh-huh. and my, oh my god you're working at Kaiser it was like the biggest accomplishment just like dad you know like I'm literally a housekeeper like I'm not even a nurse yet but I get it like you know but my dad is from Mexico so it's yeah, different that's big you know? for him. when I when I told my dad I was putting to do lashes he was like lashes are you crazy you have medical benefits like my dad was pissed my dad actually like I wouldn't say he didn't talk to me but my dad was cool off me for like a month mm. my dad was so to me, and I'm telling my dad, like, just believe in what I'm doing. Yeah. But once he started, you know, coming in, and I'm paying daddy bills, my dad's like, "Let me be quiet, because this is how it is. Is this, this is what's coming?" Yeah. And like, my dad supports every business idea and every dream that I have now. Because I hate to say it, my dad admitted, I doubted you, and I never knew what you're capable of. My dad was like, "My daughter is a flex. Like, she's crazy, but mm-hmm. she does it. Like, even with this ice creamer, you know, I've had multiple." emotional conversations with my dad about this. Like this is just not meant for me. And my dad's always just like, you're gonna do you're gonna take care of this as you always do. It's all right. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think our parents being so old school and like having the nine to five, it's just like they were only taught a certain limit. We're taught in our generation, we got social media now. People are getting famous just off TikTok, girl. Like talk about Scott, it. So it's kind of just like with that being said, you gotta you gotta get anywhere you fit in, girl and take advantage of that because your life can change overnight. So I just feel like I'm not really I'm not really into like, I don't, I don't, I don't like to fake it to make it. I like to make it. And I, I like to look back and be like, damn, I went through so much, but it feels so damn good to know that I did it the right way and the correct way. I didn't take the easy way out. It's I took my time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And You don't got to be a millionaire by 30. Like, you know, even though I think that's everybody goal just because, but it's just like, you know, yeah. it takes don't time. Take time. And I think yeah. the best, the best part about it is you have to really be right within. You have to be happy. If you're not happy, it's like, what are you doing all this for? And exactly. if you don't, what are you doing it for? You know what I mean? And I feel like when it gets to the point where you're not happy anymore, then I feel like it's just like, you know, you got to figure out what it is and make the necessary change.
0: So I really hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and learned a few things about entrepreneurship and just overall resilience. You can follow Rob Rhee on Instagram at R-O-B-R-E-E-E Z-Y underscore, the link to Fashion Lash, Curl Candy, and Sugar Baby Creamier all in her bio. Like always, you can find me on Instagram at IamHaleyFit. You can shop my merch at haleyfit.com Until next time, remember to embody your strongest you.